Amen. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Amen. Peter said it's good for us to be here. Amen. I thank God. Amen. I sure am glad God saved my granddaddy. Amen. I'm glad God saved my nana as a 17-year-old girl at the Macedonia Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia. Brother Sam Ship was preaching, and if I remember right, she was sitting on that side towards the back as a 17-year-old girl, and God saved her soul. Amen. Amen. I'm glad God saved my daddy behind the East Iron Baptist Church as a 12-year-old boy in his mom and daddy's bedroom. Amen. Amen. I'm glad God saved my mama in our living room in the fall of 2006. Amen. I'm glad God saved me as an 11-year-old boy at the Cockadridge Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. I'm glad God saved my brother and my sister. You heard their testimonies tonight. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Amen. And uh, let's turn to John chapter number 11. It's good to be saved tonight. I've just been enjoying the Lord these past Amen. couple of weeks. And I uh, hope y'all didn't mind us doing that. I just felt led to do it. Amen. Amen. Daddy, you got a handkerchief on you? It's clean. <laughs> it makes no guarantees, does he? At once. Amen. Well, I'll give it back to you after service. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. That's right. When I got called to preach, I didn't go buy my own handkerchiefs. I just went in Daddy's drawer and just took out some. I, I didn't buy no dress socks neither. I just went to Daddy's drawer and got them. Amen. I've still got some of his dress socks. Amen. I hadn't lived with him in six years, and I've still got some of his dress socks. Amen. Amen. And uh, Aren't you glad we can have a good time in the house of the Lord? Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. And uh, I want to publicly thank my parents for raising me in church Amen. and uh, taking me to the house of God. It was no question on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights Amen. or Wednesday nights Amen. or revival nights Amen. where we were going to be. Matter of fact, I mean, I went to church so much, I went to every brotherhood and ladies meeting at the church. Amen. I mean, I'm just being honest. Amen. Up until about 12, I even went to the ladies meetings. Amen. And I thank God that I was raised around the church house and the things of God. I've given my life to a lot of things growing up. I, I rode bulls. I, I played sports. And there's nothing wrong with those things in its place. And Brother Jonathan, I even I got very involved in FFA. And that was my life, Miss Susan. I let it be my life. But the greatest thing, and you all understand what I'm saying, the greatest thing you can do is ever give your life to Christ. Amen. 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 But the next best thing I ever did was just give my life to the church. Amen. Amen. It was the best thing I ever did was just give my life and my devotion to the church. Amen. And I thank God for the church tonight. John chapter 11, verse number 30. Uh, if you've been in church any amount of time, this is a very familiar text. The Bible says, uh, this time of Lazarus has died. The Bible says, Now Jesus uh, was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him, and the, Jew, the Jews then which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then uh, when Mary was come uh, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. 
When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible says Jesus wept. And I said it earlier this week, but I don't know that he was just weeping for them ladies. I think he was weeping for Lazarus, because Lazarus was in paradise, and here Jesus is about to have to call him back up out of paradise. Amen. I'd have been weeping too. Amen. Then saith the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, These were Baptists, And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. See, Jesus already had an answer about this thing. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. You ever prayed so somebody else can hear it? And God, I mean, not necessarily, he was praying to God, but he's praying so other people could hear it. That's what Jesus is doing right here. Amen. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Y'all believe that, don't you? Do you know you'll never find a funeral in the Bible that Jesus left and the person didn't get up? He ruined every funeral. You know why Jesus had to die before them two thieves on the cross? Because them boys would have just hung their dime without dying because you can't die around the resurrection. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, they couldn't have died as long as Jesus was alive. Amen. It's exactly right. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And we read verse 44. Let's go to verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your holiness. Thank you for your, your long-sufferingness towards us, dear God. Lord, I pray there tonight, dear Lord, that you forgive me of where I failed you. Lord, I asked you just in the prayer room, but Lord, no doubt there are sins of, of omission and commission that I have committed, sins of ignorance that I didn't even realize I've committed. Lord, I want to be clean before you. I pray that you wash me, cleanse me thoroughly every whit. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you bring to remembrance that which we studied, no doubt, in a, a crowd this size. There's people that need to be saved. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost of God would draw sinners under repentance tonight. I pray, dear Father, that uh, saints will be encouraged and go further with you tonight and that we'd see Holy Ghost revival. Lord, I need revival in my home, in my life, in our marriage. Lord, this church needs revival. I, I did, my brother Kiss at Mission, he needs revival. And I pray that you'd send it tonight. I pray that we be obedient, that we repent of the sin.
sin in our lives. And Lord, that we would move forward with you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me unction to preach tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you. Might be seated. Now tonight, you, uh, you must, uh, I want you to be familiar with this story. We know that Mary and Martha had sent a, a servant or a, a man to go to Jesus. He was a four, uh, several days journey away. And Jesus, he sent the, this, uh, this man to Jesus and tell them that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus said he already sleepeth. And the disciples was confused, amen. And he said he's dead, amen. He finally plainly told them he's dead, amen. Now here the, these, these people were a lot like us. We want Jesus to do it our way. But I found out that when Jesus does it our way, most of the time he doesn't get as much glory as if he would have done it his way, amen. And we see out of this chapter, if anything, that Brother Jonathan, when Jesus does things his way, they still get accomplished, but they get accomplished so that God gets optimal glory out of what he's doing. Amen. I don't understand why things happen in our lives. I don't understand why we bury five children. I don't understand why people die. I don't understand why people get cancer. But I do know this, that God works things in our lives so he can get the most glory out of our lives. Amen. Uh, so I go into this text and I see some things in these verses and the first thing I notice just as in my heart tonight is in verse 39 the Bible says in the latter part Lord by this time he stinketh for he had been dead four days now I want to point this out tonight friend that uh, before Jesus uh, goes and raises Lazarus he says in the beginning of verse 39 he said take ye away the stone now I'm talking about this corpse now amen Lazarus is laying there dead would y'all agree with that I mean DRT dead right there amen that's what daddy used to say amen he is dead amen and uh, you don't get no deader than dead amen and uh, everybody's running around these Calvinists running around saying we're depraved I'll do you one better we're not depraved friend we're dead before we get saved amen the Bible says and you have to quicken who were dead in trespasses and sin I'm telling you tonight if you're here and you've never been born again by the good grace of God friend you are dead in your trespasses and sin and you're not just lost you are an enemy of God amen and I'll go further they say you can't do anything on your own when you before you get saved and I agree with that because we are dead amen it takes them it takes God amen but Lazarus had just as much of a free will as a dead man as he did as a living man can I get an amen right there I love how they look at this now before this man gets up Jesus says take you away the song now help me now if Jesus was Jesus and God enough to raise up a man from the dead, don't y'all think that he was God enough to move that stone out of the way? But I'm just common sense. Brother Bobby, if he could with his mouth say, Lazarus, come forth, and the man get up out of the grave, don't you think that he was God enough to say stone move and the stone to move? Now, could God, could Jesus could have went over there and moved that stone. Are we in agreement? But you know what? He didn't do it. You know why? He wanted to use men to do it. In evangelism, this is a picture of evangelism. There's people we come in contact with every day and the Lord is ready to say, come forth. The Lord is ready to raise them from the dead spiritually. The Lord is ready to save them. But God chooses to use human instrumentality uh, for us to move some stones out of the way uh, so He can get to those sinners. Amen. Amen. 
That's exactly right tonight. Every time you give out a track, every time you tell somebody about Jesus, hey, friend, you are moving the stone away. Amen. Amen. I know it takes the power of God to raise the dead spiritually and physically. But friend of mine, God chooses to use human instrumentality. And God didn't put this church on the side of the road to sit here. God put this church on the side of the road right here hey, to go out into this community and roll some stones away. Amen. Now I've already got ahead of myself, but that'll be all right. I see this corpse here in this text. Now, I've I, I thought about this. In, in this story, it's, it's significant that he has been dead four days. All right. The, 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 the Jairus' daughter, y'all remember Jairus' daughter in Matthew 9? She had just died. Y'all, is that right? The centurion's servant, when Jesus was going to his house, he had just died. These people had not been buried yet. These people had not yet begun to decay. Matter of fact, you go over there and Luke and the widow at Nain, her son is on, being carried on the bier. They're on the way to the graveyard. But Brother Keith, by Jewish custom, that young man had not yet started decaying. They would have already had him in the grave. So what I'm saying is, is through the New Testament, we see people that, that everybody's dead. Dead is dead. Do y'all agree with that? Amen. You, you can't get no more deader than anybody else. But I'll tell you what you can be. You can be more decayed than somebody. Hello? Brother Jonathan is an 11-year-old boy. I was just as dead as the drunkard that we passed at the restaurant a while ago. I was just as dead spiritually as the dopehead. I was just as dead spiritually as the prostitute. But friend of mine, I was a young man. I hadn't seen the world. I hadn't been exposed to a lot. And though I was dead, I hadn't been alive. There wasn't a lot of decay on my life. Oh, but I, there's friends of mine, of one in particular, my friend Daniel Ellis, he spent, like, he spent years and years and years living as hard as he could for this world. And Miss Susan, though he was dead just the same as I was spiritually, hey, but Brother Keith, he had a lot more decay. And here's the point I want to make. I see this corpse here. Brother Jonathan, he's dead as just as other is dead as all the other people in the New Testament where were dead. But friend of mine, he's yet stinketh. Amen. He had the rigor mortis had set in. No doubt in that arid climate that they were in his his body began to swell daddy and he had, his his body had getting worse and worse but friend of mine I'm glad this afternoon or this evening that God can save somebody that's just been dead just for a little while or he can save somebody that's been dead for a long time and hey, the, the decay of the world's taking a hold of them hey you say what are you saying hey friend I don't care if you just now come into the knowledge of good and evil and the the, the lights coming on in your life. I've been watching these babies, and to God be the glory. As far as I know, the first time I ever, the first time Braylon ever raised her hand was up in, in Kentucky, wasn't it, Ohio, at Thanksgiving of 2013. And I watched a little hand go up for the first time behind the pew. And I know she don't understand all of that, but God's a working on her. I believe that. Amen. Hey, God's a working on these babies, Miss Susan. But these kids, they're just, they're about to 
to be dead. I know that sounds more to, uh, more uh, uh, bad, but they're about to be dead. Amen. That law's going to revive, and they're going to die on the inside. Right now, all these babies, they're safe. Amen. They're not saved. They're safe. Amen. In the Lord. Hey, but friend of mine, one day they will be dead. Amen. Spiritually. Hey, but I don't care if it's one of them babies that gets saved tonight, or one of you that's went out in the world, and you tried the things of the world, and you've decayed, and you've got messed up, and you got scarred. I'm glad that God can save from the uttermost to the guttermost tonight. Amen. That's just introduction. That's just first point introduction. I gotta hurry. That's the that's the corpse. I see this corpse, and I see a cry in verse 43. The Bible says, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, this is important. I, you've heard it said, if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, that every, everybody in that graveyard would have got up. But I, I submit to you tonight that if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, everybody in the world would have got up. <laughs> oh, yes! Is he not the resurrection? He done said it. I am the resurrection. Brother Jonathan, one day, it's not going to be Gabriel's voice. It's not going to be the shout of Michael. It's going to be the shout, the voice of the... Amen. It's going to be God's voice. And if on the rapture, all the dead's going to rise. Hey, if that day, if he would have just said, come forth, I believe all the dead in Christ would have got up. Amen. This is significant, though. This is a picture of Holy Ghost conviction. Lazarus was dead. There's a corpse laying there. Brother Bobby, out of the grave, in the decay that he was in, the mess, <laughs> the mess he was in, he heard a voice calling. Isn't that amazing that a, a dead body can hear the voice of God? Oh, yes. And friend of mine, tonight, if you're here and you're lost, and that uncomfortable feeling you're feeling, that condemnation that's on you, hey, that un uneasiness that's upon you, that's none other than the Holy Ghost of God telling you you're dead, telling you to come forth. Amen. Amen. That's exactly, there's free will enacted, just like in evangelism. Amen. Just like in evangelism, it takes the responsibility of man and the responsibility of God. In salvation, it takes... He could have stayed in that grave. Amen. He, amen. He could have chosen to stay in that grave and denied it. The choice is yours. God will not make you get saved. God will rescue you. He will call unto you. He will cry unto you in your dead condition, but He will not make you get saved. And friend of mine, there's a lot of people that sign cards. There's a lot of people that's gotten in baptistries. There's a lot of people that's repeated prayers, but there's, a lot, there's very few people that's ever really submitted to God under Holy Ghost conviction. Amen. And friend of mine, no conviction, no conversion. Amen. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not an Arminian. But I believe the Bible. And no man cometh unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. Hey, this evening, if you've never been under conviction and under that conviction power, hey, repent it and put your faith in Christ. Amen. You've never been saved. Amen. It's not spooky. Amen. It's the light switch being turned on in you. Amen. Well, I've done killed it. Amen. Verse, verse 43, I see that cry. Verse 44, I see a conversion. He cried. Uh, in verse 44, it says, And he that was dead came forth. And there's that picture of salvation there. And I'll listen. I'm about to move on. I'm getting into the message. But if you're hearing your loss tonight, hear me. God wants to save you tonight. 
God wants to take you out of your grave tonight. God wants to raise you up spiritually. And you have to quicken who were dead and tra- who were dead. Amen. I'm glad I was dead, but I'm not dead anymore. Amen. And you have to quicken who were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. But I'm glad verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. Amen. You can be alive tonight. But I want to see last by way of introduction, verse number 44. The Bible says, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and His face was bound about with a napkin. I see tonight the clothes in this story. And just for a little while, I want to preach on getting rid of your grave clothes. Getting rid of your grave clothes. Now if Lazarus getting up out of the grave, granddad, was a picture of salvation, and I believe it's one of the best pictures of salvation in the Word of God, and it is. These grave clothes that's on him, can you imagine as he came up and, and, and some say he did like that or some said he hopped. I don't, he was bound up in those grave clothes. He came forth, is that right? He enacted his free will to get up. God gave him the faith to get up out of that grave, amen? But once he got up out of that grave, the work has really just begun, amen? I'm talking about salvation isn't the end of your spiritual walk. Can I get an amen right there? Now hear me tonight. He got up out of that grave and, and he's got those grave clothes on. And what the what the, this is is a picture of sanctification. Once you get saved, the inner man is saved. The inner man is new. But there's things that you're bound with. There's, there's locks on your life. Remnants of the grave. Can I get an amen right there? There are things that's still holding on to your life. And if you're not careful, you will be a saved person, a living person, but you'll, you'll spend your whole saved life running around in the graveyard bumping into tombstones amen is everybody with me tonight now I've heard my whole life that we need to get rid of these grave clothes I've heard it my whole life but why why do we need to get rid of these grave clothes and I want to talk to you about that tonight I see the first reason that we need to get rid of these grave clothes is it's hindering our listening if that that thing was across his, that napkin was across his face, Brother Jonathan, just by simple logic, there would have had to have been something that had it tied around his head. He could have probably heard some mumbles and he could have probably heard a few things, but his, would y'all agree with me? His hearing would have been very limited with all those bandages, those grave clothes wrapped around his head. He was mummified. Y'all ever seen a mummy? Amen. Not a real one, amen. Say amen. But y'all ever seen them on TV? They got all that around their head. Brother Bobby, their, their, their hearing, their listening would have been very impaired. And you say, why is that important, Brother Chris? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, when you're dead, there's nothing that's going to hinder you from hearing the voice of God. But after you're saved, after you're risen, those great, those grave clothes can hinder you from going forward in your walk with God. If you're not careful, those grave clothes will hinder your listening and it'll keep you from the Word of God. Now hear me, when, when the Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, we are to be hearers of the Word, not hearers only, but doers also. Amen. Hey, there, there, 
there's an importance in hearing, but I don't believe he's t- simple, just simply talking about your, your physical ear. Amen. Now let me, let me say this. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Now, Brother Randy, if it was talking about your spiritual ear or your physical ear, then that means a deaf person could never go for, further in faith. I'll, I'll say this. If somebody literally has to hear the gospel with their physical ear, then how do deaf people get saved? Amen. Hello? Amen. 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 I don't believe this hearing is a spiritual hearing or a physical hearing. I believe the hearing that the Amen. Word of God is talking about Amen. is a spiritual he- hearing. Is that right? Amen. Amen. You have to hear with your spiritual ear. Now, I remember growing up a lot of things, and I don't know why God's given me a good memory. I can remember my K3 trackathon. Amen. <laughs> I remember K4, we got the t shirt. And I had a trackathon on it at the preschool. And, and, and Sissy, I'll never forget, Nana said, well, I'm going to let you wear it before we get to school, but you can't mess it up. And I went out there with Pawpaw, and he had them Barlow knives, Brother Jonathan. Them old, just cheap, I thought they was the greatest things in the world. Found out later they wasn't worth much at all, amen. But he had these old Barlow knives, and he taught me how to throw them in this oak tree that was behind Nana and Granddad's old house. And that day, that dull knife cut my finger wide open. I got blood all over that shirt. You say, what does that story have to do with the message? Nothing, but I got a good memory. Amen. (laughs) Amen. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I do remember this. My daddy had broke his back in the early 90s. I couldn't have been, what, six? Five or six? I remember we was all born, me and Caleb and Amanda, we were all born by then. We had a really nice house in a subdivision and, and daddy as far as I know daddy had been making the best money he'd ever made in his life and possibly still I've seen your tax returns amen <clears throat> from back then and, and, and God was working in our family and, and daddy broke his back and I'll never forget one Sunday that we, we, before church and I was just old enough to grasp what was going on but mama told daddy all we've got is vina sausages and crackers amen don't ever go buy me Vienna sausages, please don't. Oh, man. I can handle some deviled ham, but Vienna sausages is crossing the line. Amen. We ate that. He said, feed it to the kids and y'all go on to church. We had $2 left. I'll never forget it. Brother Randy, we went to church that night, and I remember sitting beside my mama that night, and I normally didn't pay that much attention to what was going on, but... Uh, the pastor said there's a needy family in the church. Now, we had not told anybody. We hadn't even told Nan and Granddad as far as I know. We was about to lose everything we had, Brother Keith. And I remember that offering plate passing Mama. And I remember she had told Daddy that was the only $2 we had left. And Mama put that $2 in the offering plate. Amen. Amen. And he, she got, we got home and she told Daddy about it. And Daddy wasn't near as excited about it as Mama was. <laughs> You did what? <laughs> Sorry, Daddy. The bus was a coming. I had to throw somebody under there. <laughs> you did what? Amen. You did what? I'm telling you, you got kind of quiet around there. Daddy, I'll never forget it. If I'm, right, if I'm right, he was set up where he could see the front door. And that night there was a knock on our door. And one of the deacons had one of them camper shells. It was real tall and you could open with the door like this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm getting somewhere, y'all just stay with me. 
And Brother Keith, I remember the deacon opening, knocking on the door, and, we, and Mama went to the door and opened the door. I remember like it was yesterday, and there was groceries piled up all in that in that uh, in that camper shell. And and uh, the deacon walked in, and he had a he had a stack of money bigger than I'd ever seen. And you know what? Them two dollar bills was in there, amen. And he came up and handed it to Daddy and told him this: the church took this up for you before we went to bed that night. We had steak and taters, amen. Hey, friend, I listened then, amen. I know it wasn't saved then, but I was a listening, amen. And guess what? God's let me live a life. Me and my wife, every, every month, hey, we get to watch God pay the bills. Hey, friend, I'm telling you, I want to live by faith, but as long as you've got those grave clothes on, as long as you're not getting in this Word and hearing it with your spiritual ears, hey, friend, you're never going to go further in faith. That set a principle in my life that if you'll do, if you'll give to God, if you'll give to others, giving is living, amen. Hey, and we got a bunch of stingy Baptists around, amen. I'm telling you tonight, hey, you ought to give, give, give. And if you'll take care, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. If you'll take care of the man of God, God will take care of you, amen. Brother Keith hadn't asked me to say nothing, but I'll just tell you, I believe it's real hard for a church to reach its full potential as long as the man of God is not full time at the church. Amen. That's exactly right. Amen. I grew up in the pastor's home. It's getting quiet, but if I killed it, it needed to be shot in the head. Amen. I grew up in the pastor's home. My daddy working a full-time job, and then he working a full-time job at the church, and he had three heart attacks because of it dealing with Baptist. Amen. Amen. I believe in taking care of the man of God. And hey, amen, my dear. Amen, amen, amen. I believe if you have a man of God on the ground in the community that God will honor it. Are you listening now? Take him grave clothes off. I believe God will honor it. Amen. That's exactly right. Well, I killed it. Amen. Praise God. Done talked about money. Talking about listening. I'm talking about listening. Amen. Did you know that your pastor was at work early Sunday morning before he ever even came here? Amen. I ain't never preached like this in my life out on the road. But I'm a preaching like it tonight. Amen. Amen. Imagine if your pastor could get up at 6 o'clock every morning and go into his study and spend a couple hours in prayer every day in the mornings. Spend, spend two or three hours in his, in his Bible. Come over here and go knocking on doors during the day. What if, what if the community could see your pastor's truck out in front of this church and your pastor could keep office hours here at the church every day? Amen. You say, well, we just, I just don't look right on paper. God never asked it to look right on paper. We're not talking about logic. We're talking about faith, aren't we? And faith does not make sense on paper. Faith is not, God, if you'll do this, this, and this, we'll do this. Faith is saying, God, whether you do anything or not, we're going to do what the Bible says. And the Bible says, if you're going to preach the gospel, you ought to live by it. Amen. The Bible says, muzzle not the ox. Amen. It treadeth out the corn. 2 Corinthians 8, I believe. And the Bible says that the workman is worthy of his hire. Amen. Imagine what God could do at this church. Amen. 
I'm all right, Brother Bobby. I mean, I'm not going to ask Brother Keith. I'm preaching about him. I'm going to ask you. I believe I'm doing just right. I believe I got Bible back up. Paul made tents. Yeah, and Paul had to skip town every once in a while too. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Amen. Well, I've done. Pray for me. Amen. I'm talking about listening. Are you listening tonight? Do you want to grow in faith? We live in the most faithless church generation that's ever been. Amen. We got a, we got a card. And, and, and where the old timers used to pray everything in, now we just get a card out. And, am I telling it right? I've been guilty of it, Brother Jonathan. I remember specifically one January, I had a $700 of work done, need to be done on my truck, and I had to get it done. Instead of praying, I don't even know what I was thinking. I, instead of praying about it just, just abruptly, I just took my card out and swiped it. I didn't pray. I didn't ask God. Next morning, the Holy Ghost smote my heart and said, if you wouldn't have pulled that plastic out of your pocket, I would have paid for it. And now I've now got to pay interest on it. Hello? I'm talking about where's the faith? Do you give your tithe? I'm talking about listening. Amen. I'm talking about listening with your spiritual ears. I'm talking about going further and adding to your faith virtue and knowledge. Oh, amen. That's what 2 Peter talks about is adding to your faith. And the only way you're going to be adding to your faith is by hearing the Word of God, by hearing with your spiritual ear and going further. Do you give the missions? Do you give your tithes? Do you give your offerings? I believe in the tithe. The tithe was before the law. Abraham paid tithes unto, unto Melchizedek. And then the tithing is said again in the law but then Jesus the, the testator of the New Testament he preaches tithing in the New Testament but friend of mine in the New Testament I don't believe it just stops at the tithe I believe everything that a Christian has ought to be God's and we ought to be willing to give every bit of it at any point in time Amen well that's not in my notes Amen but it's right how's you giving You'll never, you'll never see God move like He wants to in your life until you're willing to give. Have you ever gave it all? Amen. Hey, hey, here's the thing. God don't want your money. God don't want this. God wants you. And if God will get you, He'll have this and everything else you got. That's exactly right. I thank God for a wife. I'm telling you, I've given some crazy stuff, Brother Keith. I mean crazy stuff. I've just given more than what we even had. And I, my wife has never complained or bickered. I mean it, Daddy. I mean, I've given some crazy sums of money just, I mean, you know, never, never to see it again. And my wife's never complained about it. I thank God for that. Can I get an amen tonight? Are you listening? How's your spiritual ears tonight? I don't know if that made sense, but it felt good preaching. Amen. I see when you're in your grave clothes still, your lips are covered. You can't hear me very good when I think kidding. As long as I'm standing in a grave clothes, as long as I was covering all that napkin, I'm not going to be able to tell much about nothing. Did you hear what I said? My lips are hindered as long as I'm in my grave clothes. Now listen, what do we do with our lips? We tell others. 
As long as you're bound in your grave clothes, yeah, it's great, Lazarus. But how weird would it have been, Lazarus bumping around for 20 years in the over there? I'm talking about he couldn't eat no spiritual food. He couldn't tell nobody what God had done for him. Matter of fact, the next chapter, a bunch of people got saved and believed on Jesus Amen. because of the testimony Amen. of Lazarus. But if he would have stayed in those grave clothes, if he would have stayed bumping around in there, he would have never been able to tell anybody what God did for him. And we got a lot of Baptists that's got spiritual napkins on their faces. Hey, they, they don't tell nobody nothing about God. They're quiet. They'll talk about the Super Bowl or the Stupid Bowl, whichever you want to call it. They'll talk about Alabama football, and I know where I'm at, and I'm going to preach it anyway. They'll talk about Auburn soccer. Amen. I'm tell Amen. Amen. They'll talk about it all. But when it comes, and don't even invite people to church, but when it comes down to asking people if they've been saved and telling people about when they got saved, they are tight-lipped because they've got napkins on their face. Amen. Amen. How shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. 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 Who's going to tell them? Hey, and the only pre- hey, listen, preachers ain't the only ones that do preaching. You do preaching with your lips, and you do preaching with your life, whether you're called or not. Amen. 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 What are you saying? What's coming? Hey, I'm telling you, it's, that's the way a bunch of spiritual people are. They're walking away like this, and they can't say nothing for God. Amen. Because they've got their grave clothes on. You say, that's simple. We need simple preaching again. Are your lips being hindered? Is your listening being hindered? I see the, the, those grave clothes are on. They're looking. Their looking's being hindered. Now the Bible says, Thine eye hath affected thine heart. You know why we don't have a burden? And I want to ask you, when was the last time you had a burden for something other than a bill that needed to be paid? When was the last time you... I'm not being ugly, Brother Keith, but when was the last time you had a burden for somebody that, other than a sick, saved person? Yeah. Amen. Now, I'm not saying we ought not to pray for people, but when was the last time you had a real burden? Right. Now, there's a lot of people that are fed up. I mean, you can tell, see it all over Facebook, making fun of the liberals and talking bad about them, but when was the last time you had a burden for them? Amen. You can't see where you're going. Brother Randy, I, I mean, I, I don't know where you're at. As long as you got that on, I've seen blind people walk around. And if they get around very good at all, it's either because they've got a dog or they've got a stick or somebody's got them by the hand. But even then they bump into things. And you know what we do? We've got a lot of people that are saved that's got perfect 2020 spiritual vision, but they've got grave clothes over their eyes. They have no direction. They have no discernment. They have no wisdom. They have no burden because their eyes are covered. Do y'all remember this? Back in Genesis, Esau and Jacob are fighting over their daddy. What, what was it? Isaac's eyes. He couldn't see. You know, our, 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 our first line of discernment is what we see. That's exactly right. And y'all know the story. Esau goes out to kill his daddy some deer meat. It says venison in the Bible, but in the originals it said deer meat. Amen. Y'all get that later. 
Brother Keith, and while he was away, Joseph went and took that kid of the goats. His mama fixed it up like Isaac wanted it. And he took that, that hair and put it on his hands and his neck. And there's what, here's what the first time that the word discern is used in your King James Bible is in that text. And, and he gives him that meat. He eats it and he says, I discern that the voice is Jacob's. But you feel like Esau. You feel like Esau. You know why we got so many spiritual people or so many saved people that make horrible spiritual decisions? As Miss Susan, they're doing all their life. They've got that grave clothes over their eyes. And they're going off of what they hear and what they feel. They're going off of, you'll mess up going off of what you hear and what you feel. What are you seeing tonight? How's your looking tonight? Hey, tonight you will not have a burden. You will, not have, you will not have discernment. You will not have direction in your life until you're willing to get those grave clothes off and go forward with God. Amen. Amen. I see nextly, this man's wrapped up. I mean, talk about well and tight coming out of there. It's right there, it's right here. That'd be a horrible way to live, wouldn't it? Trying to get around like that. But Brother Randy, I see that his lifting was hindered. Brother Bobby, I imagine Lazarus would have had a hard time doing this right here. I said I, I, I imagine Lazarus would have had a hard time doing this right here as long as he was still in those grave clothes. You say, Brother Chris, what are you talking about? I'm talking about our churches are silent and nobody's worshiping God anymore. You have to pump and prime and tell 20 sad stories before anybody will shout. Hey, it make the preacher feel better. it make everybody else feel better. If you get your grave clothes off, you say, it's not in my, in my, in my makeup. To, it's not in my personality to shout. Yeah, I, hear, I bet you've shouted at your wife before. I bet you've hollered at your husband before. I bet you have no problem hollering at the game or, or getting a, crying, when, crying when your favorite soap opera's on. But friend of mine, when it comes comes down to the things of God our hands are bound down and we're not worshiping God like we ought to you said you preached on that last night yeah I'm probably going to preach on it again before the end of this thing hey because friend if God was willing to get us up out of the grave the least we can do is lift up our unworthy hands and worship God amen Let's worship God am I making any sense tonight as long as you have your grave clothes on, you, you're lifting your worship, your praise. It's going to be hindered. Would y'all agree with me? There, some of you old timers know what I'm talking about. You remember when the church house was full? You remember when people was a shouting and running? The night I got saved, I sat on the front row and all them old little willow ladies with the little hats... It was the 90s. Amen. They had all them little hats. And I sat beside Grandan and Brother Jonathan. It scared me to death because them little, little widow ladies sat there going, Woo! All night. And then all the married ladies that shout sat on that second row. And they's over going, Woo! I mean, it seemed like you could go to a Presbyterian church in the 90s and everybody's shouting. Well, you could, you could pass out $100 bills tonight and people too. Well, oh, that's pretty good, ain't it? 
Ain't that right? Hey, I'm more. Hey, I'm. I'm not talking about working it up. I'm talking about. You know why? The, you know why people don't want to shout, don't want to live? It's because they're bound in their grave clothes, and they'd rather have their grave clothes. They'd rather have their sin. They'd rather have their pleasure than the things of God. And people that are bound in grave clothes are selfish people. All they ever think about is themselves. All they ever think about is what they can get out of this. Hey, but friend, people that are loose from grave clothes, you'll see them shouting when everything's falling apart. You'll see them shouting when everything's going down. Hey, look at Mary here. Mary's in the graveyard. Her brother's dead. But you find her worshiping at the feet of Jesus because she was loose from her grave clothes. Just simple preaching tonight. Last, uh, I'll say this. Why should we get these grave clothes off? I'm talking about getting rid of them. Brother Jonathan, the last thing to come off was would have been those legs. Our looking is hindered. Our listening, our lips are lifting. Imagine Peter kept them grave clothes on. And, I mean, he, maybe he would have got his eyes opened and, Maybe he would have got his hands, but it had them around his legs. It would have been real hard to go any further with God. You know what we got? We got a lot of saved people that because they've never shed their grave clothes, they're still living life in the graveyard. Amen. Amen. There's still people that they're, they're, they've gone a little bit. They've gone a couple of hops. And what I'm talking about tonight is the Canaan land experience, the Christian spirit-filled life. I'm talking about, Brother Buck Huntley said, there are no fences on the backside of Canaan. Amen. You can go in with God as far as you want to. And the only thing that's hindering you from going further with God is you and your grave clothes. There's people that's known the Spirit-filled life and you have been shed of your grave clothes, but later on in life, for some reason or another, you got bound up back by bitterness or by pride or, or whatever the case may be, and you've been back to the graveyard and that's where you're living tonight. Or maybe you've never been out before. Maybe you're saved and maybe you're just bound up tonight. Either way, whether you've known what it's like outside of the graveyard or whether you've never left before, I beg you tonight to get rid of them grave clothes clothes. Hey, shed them tonight. Get rid of them and go further with God. You'll never go further with God as long as you're in your grave clothes. Say, preacher, how do I get them off? I'm glad you asked. It was the responsibility of man and the responsibility of God to get Lazarus up out of that grave. That's evangelism. It was the responsibility of God to call Lazarus up the power of the resurrection to get Lazarus up out of the grave. But it was the responsibility of man for Lazarus to respond to the cry of God and get up himself. Amen. Tonight, and I submit to you, we've always heard that sanctification is nothing but the working of the Holy Ghost. You have no say in it. But I refuse to believe that. Because if you're going to have a sanctified life, you have to submit your will unto God. If you want these grave clothes off tonight, God, did you know tonight that God has already given, He gave you the power the day you got saved to get rid of these grave clothes? We're not, but we're not working to victory. I've heard you say it a hundred times in my life. We're not working to, to victory. We're working from victory. Amen. We don't have to live in sin anymore. We don't have, we've got victory over sin tonight if you were saved. Amen. God has already put the power in you. You've got 
got to enact your free will tonight and say, God, I'm done with these great clothes. I need your help. How many of y'all believe that tonight? But get this. So we see that God has used... The, it's, the, it's the power of God and the responsibility or, or the human instrumentality of man in this text all the way through it. And if you get to seeing that truth, you'll see it everywhere in the Bible. Amen. But get this. He, t- he said, loose him and let him go. Brother Keith, would you come here? Come here, just stand right here. Act like you're bound up by gray, with gray clothes. Granddad, you come here. Caleb, you come here. Now we're going to, you get on each side, get one get on each side of him, y'all come here. We're going to act like Brother Keith has just gotten saved and he's got the napkin and he's got it all, all over him and, 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 and he's bound up by his grave clothes. But we got Caleb here and he's, he's been risen for a, few, for a few weeks now. He's a little bit further down the road than what Brother Keith is. Amen. Amen. Help me now. Amen. And then you've got Grandan over here. Grandan, you'll be 76. In, in, a, in a, few, a few weeks, he looks good for 76, don't he? Amen. Amen. And, and, and he's lived a lot more life. Amen. So he's a lot further down the road. And what God had in that graveyard that day, he had, yes, he had a dead person, and he raised that dead person up, the responsibility of man, the responsibility of God. This man is saved, but now he's standing here in grave clothes, and you know what he has? He has a desire to get out of those grave clothes, and he, he wants to get out, and God's already placed the power within him to help him get out. But you know what God placed around him in that graveyard? He brought some people that have been living outside in the graveyard for a long time he brought them back in and he said alright you've gone a little bit further down the road and I want you to loose him and I want you to loose him you know what God will do if you'll let him he'll put people in your life that are more spiritual than you and walk with God more than you do that's further down the road than you are and he'll put them in your life and when you make that decision yes God I want to go further yes God I want my lifting and my listening and my lips and my looking and my legs to be free. Hey, God, if you'll just help me. And you know what God will do? God will start putting people in your life to help you get rid of those grave clothes. Don't sit down. Amen. Iron sharpeneth iron. You know what I found out about that? Naturally, iron just does not sharpen iron. You, if you go just get two same grave pieces of iron tonight and beat them together, you're just going to dull things. You know what? You know how? You know how iron actually sharpens iron, brother Jonathan. One of those pieces of iron has to be harder and tempered more than the other. Amen. They said when you go to sharpening them, you can't just bang them. Whoever's sharpening has to be sensitive to not mess up both blades. Amen. Hello. Amen. I've studied this out. Now listen to me now. They said every time somebody in that day and time would go to sharpen iron with iron, they'd have to use a lot of oil and a lot of tender and a lot of tender care. You are not. I want to preach both sides of this thing. 
If you are saved and you are further down the road and you have decided to go past and get rid of your grave clothes, hey, and, and God has hardened you and, and I'm talking about in a good way and God has sharpened you and now He's put other people in your life to sharpen and to help and to get rid of those grave clothes and to lead out of the graveyard. Don't go beating on them. Don't go hammering on them. It takes some finesse. It takes some, it takes some minute details. Amen. Yes, you're a little bit harder. Yes, you're a little bit stronger. But it takes some detail. And you know what? It takes some oil. That's a picture of the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to have some Holy Ghost discernment and some patience and some finesse to help those that aren't as far down the road as you are. And friend of mine, if you're that one that's bound tonight, you've got to be willing to submit to others. That's part of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Submit yourselves one to another. Amen. That's what Ephesians 5 says. I need you in my life. I do. You know what happens when those two pieces of iron begin to come together? It didn't just sharpen that softer piece. It sharpened that harder piece. So, Brother Keith, you've been doing this longer than I have. And when I get around you and you're sharpening me... You're not just sharpening me, but by you being graceful and, 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 and being sensitive to the Holy Ghost in helping me, you're sharpening yourself. How about that? I don't know about y'all tonight, but I want to be a spirit-filled Christian so when them new babes in Christ get up in the graveyard and they're brand new and they're standing there and they, I mean, they've got great clothes on, but they're just excited to be breathing, amen. Hey, I'm, I want to be one that God can put in their life and say, all right, Chris, help them with this and that, help them with this and help them with this. Hey, and they, we build a relationship. That's what we're missing. We're missing helping people, new Christians, go further in the work of God. We need all older Christians. We need middle-aged Christians. We need young Christians to get full of God and to help people get their grave clothes on. Man alive. Aren't you glad of the people that God's put in your graveyard with you? I think about Brother Samuel Freed. I just, I just thought I knew about what being a Christian was until I met Brother Samuel. I mean it. I don't know of a man that prays more than he does. I'm not talking about in, in his age group. I'm talking about anybody. Brother Jonathan, uh, well, we was at the tent meeting up there in East Tennessee, and we was about to eat supper one night, and it was raining outside, and somebody said, where's Brother Samuel? And I went around the side of the building, and there was two, there was two air-conditioned units and a bunch of rocks down there to let the drainage, you know, let the water drain off. And he was down there in the rain between those two air-conditioning units with his, with his sheepskin praying out in the rain. I said, God, help me. Amen. Amen. You know what God did that day? He, Brother Samuel didn't even know it, but he came over and he ripped some braid clothes off of him. I've been, to, I've been to Cracker Barrel with him, and it's almost annoying. He won't sit down until he gives every table a track. I'm tell, am I telling it right, Bubba? He won't Amen. sit down and eat his food until he gives everybody in the place a track. Amen. I've been, I've been around men of God that walk with God. I love Brother Jody Cole. And he, I remember when God put him in my life, I thought he was the weirdest guy in the world. Amen. But now I want to be like him. Amen. He's a fanatic, and I want to be a fanatic. Amen. I was about to marry the wrong one. I was about to mess up my life. But God put a man like Jody Cole in my life, and he started ripping grave clothes off of me as quick as he could. Amen. And it saved my life. Amen. I'd still be in the graveyard tonight. Amen. 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 Yes, 
How about you tonight? Are you in that grave tonight? You had not even got up. You're dead. You need to be saved. How about it tonight? Are you that one that, man, you've been saved for a few years now and you're just, just bumping into things in the graveyard? You ain't telling nobody nothing. Your, your faith hasn't been increased. You, you can't see where you're going. You, you have to move real slow. You, there's no worship, no praise in your life. Or maybe you're down the road. Are you helping anybody? Are you help? That's what we're missing. We're missing some Aquila and Priscilla's in our church. You go read the book of Acts. Apollos ends up being the Apostle Paul of the second generation of the church. I'm talking about a man of God. And the only reason he did is he was in error. He was in error, didn't have the, the right doctrine. And Aquila and Priscilla with grace and humility Amen. and discernment of the Holy Ghost, a husband and a wife, not a preacher, not a deacon, just a husband Amen. and a wife, they took that young preacher off to the side and they pulled some great clothes off of him and put him back Amen. in the fire and he goes on to be the Apostle Paul of his day. Amen. Amen. That's right. Where are they at tonight? Amen. Amen. So consumed with us. Maybe you've, you've been saved a long time and you, you used to be out there and you knew what it was like, man, to be free of grave clothes and doing something for God and going somewhere and telling and worshiping and going and going and going. But now for some reason or another, you're back in the grave clothes tonight. I want to ask you, what are you going to do about it tonight? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Sissy, would you come to the piano? Is that all right, Brother Keith? Sissy, would you come to the piano? Every head's bowed and every eye's closed.